0: Welcome back to Premier Sports Academy Guest Speaker Series, brought to you by SportsCraft Source for Sports. Okay, guys, uh, viewers, thanks again for joining us. Um, episode number fifteen of our guest speaker series on uh, for Premier Sports Academy, and today joining us, uh, we actually have current um, a current Blue Jays player in the organization, Philippe O'Mont. Philippe, how's everything going? good man how are you good good so um I, again for our viewers who don't know who philippe is um one of the highest draft picks in canadian baseball history in the major league baseball by the seattle mariners um go, go ahead his resume is on the post we put up yesterday just read through his accolades and i think uh i think it kind of speaks for itself there for our viewers who um who know who you are and then those who read the post yesterday. So a lot of interaction on that post, but Philippe, uh, anything else we should know about in your baseball career that I didn't put on that post?
1: I mean, that that was pretty much it. You know, Um, that was was fairly accurate to be be truthful.
0: Awesome. So I'm just going to dive right into it. So uh, one of the main things that I really wanted to uh, get you on and talk about is Um, just for our viewers, we got a lot of athletes here in Newfoundland and Labrador who routinely go away. They play at the Canada cup, they play at the national tournaments and stuff like that. And obviously yourself, um, going through that's where actually I saw you for the first time was playing, uh, in a Canada cup that you were at. So what was that experience like and how did that assist you in kind of getting, uh, getting ready to move on to the pro level and that extra exposure at the Canada cup?
1: Um, uh, to be honest, Noah, the Canada Cup uh, back then, I I had no idea what was going on. Um, and that's that's the honest truth. Yeah, you know, I was um, obviously I knew the tournament was significant. It was it was something that was meaningful, as far as um you know get some get somebody to look at you know to look at me, and it's it's part of. Now, well, back then it was, you know, you were getting selected to go play on the junior national team from there. So uh, that was, you know, the tournament you needed to be ready for. But as far as – you know awareness and 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 whatever is going on to the next level i think it was i was a little bit too naive i was more so just give me the ball i'll pitch i want to dominate people and and then i i didn't really i didn't really focus on anything that was ahead of me i think it helped me because i was more in the moment than you know looking uh, whatever was might come ahead so um that was sort of that was sort of my 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 two years that I play in the Canada Cup was just you know go out there compete you know obviously I've you know we' were at the time we we're representing Quebec and um we want to win a we want to win the Canada cup and uh you know as on a personal level it's just you know to get selected my first year I got selected, and so the second year I didn't really have to worry about that um but uh, it was it was all around a cool experience. First time flying uh, was when I went to Canada Cup, so uh, everything was cool.
0: No, it's it's definitely it's definitely something there. You hit it hit the nail right on the head as to what I was going to ask you about next, and just that representation again of your province and kind of being around teammates, guys you grew up playing with, and being able to share that experience with them. So kind of, again, you've played a lot of baseball and represented Canada at a lot of different levels. Um, one of the main ones I wanted to talk to you about was that 2015 Pan Am Games experience. Yep. So, again, 2015 Pan Am Games uh, hosted in Toronto. Uh, gold medal was the result. But just give, give us uh, what I really wanted to get into is kind of the sense of the locker room and what you guys felt. Was there a lot of pressure being that it was hosted in Canada? Or was it a light mood because, Hey, you could get family and friends there. And it was kind of like, you knew where you were going after the game and where to hang out and that sort of thing. So what was that mood like with uh, all the
1: Canadian players being able to represent Canada
0: in your country and eventually winning a medal?
1: You know, uh, you know, to start it off, you're playing in Canada. So that's, that's an extra, uh, that's an extra motivation kind of sort of thing for, for us. Um, so you're playing on home soil. It is the Pan American games, which is extremely big. You know, it's basically a step below the Olympics. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it, it's meaningful. You, you just don't, it's not winning, you know, a tournament in Montreal and you get a gold medal there. You know, it's, you're actually winning a gold medal on an international stage, which is, you know, the second biggest stage in the world. Um, so it was, it was, tremendous uh, tremendous experience as far as you know competing there winning all sorts of you know emotions are coming in but team canada the 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 group of guys that we had that that year and you know we've we've had the the core group of guys coming back in the last you know i've been playing with these guys for about 10 years and we're just a bunch of grinders um it doesn't matter what country we're in it doesn't matter what's our situation of, you know, living, playing, you know, transportation, however we grind it out. We, we make the most of it. We understand, um, we understand that, you know, it's not, it's not easy. We're not the best team on paper. We will probably never be, uh, and that's okay because our mentality is, you know, we'll play as a group. And a lot of times, you know, uh, all these tournaments and and especially the one in Toronto, we won the gold medal. Right. And we lost it to us. And obviously on that us team, we had teammates, guys, we played against and they were sort of happy for us because they told it, you know, they were like, we know that is more meaningful for you guys. And it was, you know, it would have been for us. So it's, uh, you know, we we take pride in in going in and being in Toronto just made it, like we were on top of the world. It was unbelievable. Um, you know, it's just, it was, it was a big crowd for the game. It was about four or 5,000 something like that big crowd for that, uh, stadium. But, um, you know, everybody was just extremely loud and we could just basically goof around and, and yell and, you know, walk around with flags and stuff. So it was, it was cool.
2: Yeah. And just staying, uh, you know, with playing some international baseball in Toronto, uh, 2009, the world baseball classic, um, Actually, my father and I were at that game. I was living in Kitchener at the time. Yep. Um, you come in in the seventh inning. I just kind of want to go back there. I mean, that place was packed. I mean, I've been to lots of Jays games. Um, but that was probably one of the best atmospheres at a game that I think I've ever been at. It was a really close game. And you came in in the seventh inning. You, bases loaded, and then you got the bases loaded with no outs, and you have to kind of make that grind to get out of that inning. Can you talk about what that experience was like, first being in front of that crowd? and then having to buckle down in a situation like that. I think you took – did you take out David Wright, Kevin Euclid, and Curtis Granderson three in a row? Yeah. The base is loaded.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I uh, popped out to David Wright, struck out Euclid and Granderson. Um I I remember I remember warming up and I I couldn't even feel my body <laughs> my body my body was numb I mean I'm talking numb like it's just it's it's an unbelievable feeling it's it's un, it's, it's hard to describe it unless you've felt it um, especially for viewers you know they it is it is such an amount of adrenaline that goes through your body that is just absolutely insane it's it's almost scary that you know you get addicted to that kind of feeling Um, because nothing else in the world would really do that. Like, unless, you know, you probably put yourself in front of a lion and you're, you know, about to die or something, you're going to get that sort of adrenaline, you know, like I, I don't see anywhere else I could get that that kind of adrenaline. So it was, it was a, a very unique feeling for me at the time I was young and I ran out there got myself in a bad situation right off the bat. I'm I'm in Canada. I'm I'm 19 years old. I am playing with grown men that are all stars. I mean, I'm just losing my mind, but you know, you stay composed, you find a way. And um, I, I, I don't know. I just, I just made some good pitches after, uh, after the, 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 the mound visit. Um, you know, jam shot to David Wright. I remember I got Ukos. I buckled him a couple times on the curveball. Um, and then to get Granderson, you know, on a 2 2 count, the entire stadium just stood up. And I remember just the whole thing was shaking down and it was amazing. I mean, it was, just, and you know, you strike him out and then the roar that was coming out was probably one of the loudest I've ever heard. Um, I was so pumped. I, I, I didn't even know we were losing. And, you know, it's an important game and I'm on the bench and I got the biggest smile. And um, there's one of the guys that came up to me He's like, hey, man, I was like, hey, the game's not over yet. Like, don't be too pumped, kid. I was like, man, I'm sorry. But like, you see what I just did? Like, <laughs> give me a break. But yeah, I mean, I understand now. Right. So um, but it was uh, man, that was a cool feeling.
2: We've had a lot of uh, conversations over the past two weeks with, uh, you know, a few different people and talking about mentality and the mental side of the game. And you just brought up a really good point about, you know, you kind of settled and got your nerves under control after that mound visit. Um, I mean, you might not remember the particular details of a mound visit, but can you talk a little bit to our athletes about the importance and even our coaches you know about a proper mound visit in a situation like that where I mean everything is on the line nerves you know intensity, everything is at peak you know what what should you be doing in that situation as a coach when you when you're talking to your athlete who's in a situation like you
1: were? Well, first and foremost, for all the pitching coaches that are, you know, listen or, you know, they're going to be doing this. um, The first thing you, you know, you got to understand is you're going onto the mound. The guy's in the jam. The guy knows he's in the jam. The guy is, you know, probably panicking a little bit. Um, So your job is to go out there and settle that panic. Um, Your job is to go out there and ease them off. Now, with that being said, you have to do some homework beforehand before that happens. So you, kind of have to get a feel of what your guy is like you know you is he a guy i'm gonna go out there i'm gonna crack him a joke and he's gonna give me a smile he's gonna forget about it and you know he's gonna go back to work or is he a guy that i might have to be a little harsh on him and you know tell him you know some truth a little bit of what he's doing and you know it's gonna send him straight or you know it's just a pat on the back or sometimes just go out there not say anything just give him a breather just give him time to catch a breath and those are the things as a coach that I did last year. It was just trying to find the right way to get each guy back on track. Um, there's guys I would go out there and wouldn't even say a word. I would just go out there and just, you know, just kind of just pick the dirt and kind of look around and, you know, maybe say a word or two to the umpire and not even say a word to my guy. I, all, all he needed was a breather. So, um, so that's, that's, that's a good start right there. And then you you'll sort of, you'll, you'll get a feel of, of, you know, how your guy is responding and, um, you might not get it the first time, you know, but, you know, pay attention of what happens after your meeting. So you, you know, it'll give you a couple of hints on, you know, what, what, what you say, was it, was it, you know, was it something that was good or, you know, actually made him worse.
2: That's great advice.
1: Yeah. And I mean, um, the big thing too, and I, I,
0: it's, it's always an individual basis. And I love how you brought up the point of understanding and learning who your pitcher is that you're going out to visit and kind of doing your homework prior to now for yourself, Philippe, uh, a lot of the experiences you had early on with international play with team Canada, you were one of the younger pitchers on the team. So again, you said it, you were playing against grown men. And I mean, what's that like, like what kind of, what kind of mentality did you bring into when they said, okay, you're going to be on this team this is the world baseball classic. It's in Toronto or it's the Pan Am games. It's in Toronto. And what kind of mentality did you bring with you? What did, Was there anything you changed or did you just stick, stay your course on what you've been doing?
1: Well, for me personally, I'm, I'm a fairly shy guy when I get into a locker room of, of, of people that I, I'm not comfortable with, or I don't know yet. Um, so I'm a little bit more reserved. So I walked in there and I placed my bag down and I kind of just stood there and kind of just, I, I just looked, I looked around and I, I, I kind of, you know, took some information on what's going on and i um, trying to get a feel. If, if there's a guy that's open, I haven't met yet, you know, make my way there, go introduce yourself and, and just trying to be as low key as possible. Um, that's my main goal. Always is just be low key. Do not be the center of attraction, Um, usually center of attraction will make good friends, but you also have a lot of enemies on the team kind of thing, you know, be like, he's annoying or they'll like him. I try to just have a neutral ground, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, go out of my way too much, you know, unless, you know, you're kind of giving me a sign, I'll kind of go and then I'll get a feel for that. And then, you know, once, you know, we start warming up, then we can have, you know, more conversation and stuff like that. But, um, Again, you're you're walking in into a clubhouse. Uh, I'm nineteen years old. I have one year professional baseball under my belt. Um, I don't even know what an ERA means at the time. Um and these guys are all stars in the big league. We're talking about Russell Martin, Joey Votto, I mean Justin Morneau, like unbelievable guys that are just there in front of me and, and You know, it's intimidating at the time, even though I'm six, seven, I'm bigger than these guys. Um, It's intimidating because they have such a presence and, you know, they, they, you know, that these guys are at the top. So you're just trying to, you know, squeeze yourself in here and there and just trying to listen, soak in the. soak in as much information and things they do. And, and, and obviously the good habits, the bad habits you try not to, but you know, obviously you'll pick up a few bad here and there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's definitely the way it goes. I mean, and and for our athletes there too, it was a big point kind of going in and being that sponge. So that down the line now in your career, um, where you are in your career, kind of being able to give back to the younger athletes and be that, be that vet that they come up to and ask questions. Um, How big is it for athletes our younger athletes that are listening to be a sponge in a locker room that they're entering for the first time?
1: Well, I mean, it's, it's, it is your position, you know, it's, it's your position as a young guy to just walk in and, you know, sit down in your locker, do not move, you know, until you can, you see that you can move. (laughs) I know, I, I know it's a little out there, but, you know, it's just, you you walk in, be quiet. Just, just be quiet. Um, get a feel of who, who is who and, and, you know, introduce yourself to everybody personally. Do not let them, if you're new, you know, you're coming in and it's your first time there. You haven't met everybody go out of your way to introduce yourself to these people. You will make a great impression, a great impression that way. You know, they, they, they don't have to get out of the way, um, you know, to come and, 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 and to greet you. So um, that's number one thing. When I walk in a clubhouse, I, I will immediately go to guys that I do not know and I'll go introduce myself. And that's the first step, you know, of knowing your teammates. So, um, but once you, once you've done that and, you know, you kind of go around and you stay, you, you stay quiet. You just listen, just, you know, go out, um, early when a veteran is throwing the bullpen, and just go watch him. Just, just go sit in the sideline. Don't get in his way. You will get yelled at. Um, just, just kind of sneak in, trying to be a chameleon. Just, you know, just fit in somewhere. Like, you know, you're up against the wall, nobody sees you, and just visualize and and see does this would work for me? You know, I like this. I like this leg kick. Oh, I like the way he's moving his hands. I like how he's, you know, finishing his throwing. And then by, you know, looking at all that, you can go back on the lines when it's your time and you can work on it, try different things. And it's good to try a lot of things for me. And you know, I was a sponge when I was younger. I was, I'd watch a lot of stuff and now I'm ready to get squeezed and get it out. And, you know, being able to, you know, give back to guys that, you know, are motivated and are, you know, trying to get to the next level and they're sort of, you know, at a roadblock or whatever. It doesn't have to be a roadblock. You know, I can still give it out and, you know, you take it and, you know, it's for you to, to fly with it.
2: Yeah. And so I guess just kind of from there, I mean, you, you talked about the progression of where you're taking it in and then later you kind of give it back. I want to take it back right back to the very beginning of your professional career. Your name comes out of the hat, first round, 11th overall. Um I mean, what's going through your mind at that time? And and first, I mean, did you did you expect it to, to go that high? I mean, were you were you in pretty good conversations with Seattle at the time? Was that a fairly known thing that they were probably gonna take you with that that first round pick that they had?
1: No, no idea. Um, Manners were uh, were seeming quiet about their process. And to be I, I heard, you know, here and there some rumbling with, you know, the agent I had at the time that um I, I could be going to Baltimore at number five and, you know, I was like, okay, but I, I didn't like, it just didn't, every pick that was going and then my name was, it wasn't, you know, I it wasn't like, Oh man, like I wish it would have, you know, I, I I didn't even know really what's going on. Like I, I, to be a first rounder like meant nothing to me back then. Like in a, in a way of like, I didn't understand what it meant. You know, I was just like, okay, I'm, I, am i am a first rounder. I, I mean, I, I just, I think I deserve it. Cause I, I've been working really hard and I, I just didn't think, you know, it was that big. Um, it took me a bit to understand, you know, what was really, um, what it really meant to, to, to be that guy. But, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was an unbelievable pro you know, process, and I just, I wish I, I would have been a little bit more aware, and a little bit more in control of what was going on, so I can actually enjoy it, and, and, you know, maybe things would have worked out different, who knows, but, um, you know, it is what it is, but I had a good time, and, um, you know, it was the first televised draft, so that, that was cool, you know, I was part of that, so,
2: yeah, and I guess you were. I mean, you you just talked about not kind of being aware of some of that stuff. But I mean, do you think that that possibly that uh, allowed you? I mean, your first couple of years uh, with the Mariners, you were, you were really strong. You had some really good numbers. Do you think uh, some of you know not understanding the gravity of a little bit of that situation allowed you to be you know just focused on playing baseball and not the the uh, expectations perhaps in your first few years in the minors?
1: One hundred percent. One hundred percent. You know. There's there's a saying we you know we say you know in between us whatever like this you're dumb as a rock but best players are dumb as a rock like they're just they're and it, and it's not in a bad way like it's just it just looks like you know the best players are sort of like numb you know they just don't have that thought you know process of you know getting out there and and really getting understanding everything that's going on you know they somehow they either didn't develop that kind of sense of awareness or they just you know they just put the barrier and they said i'm not touching this and i'm just staying with myself uh, but th- those are the best players because they, they go out on the field and they can get booed they can get you know thrown out they can get whacked around they can get they can pitch really good they're just no emotions they just they just do their thing and it doesn't, nothing affects them. So, um, obviously over the years struggling a little bit, I think I was searching for something and I, I, I got myself into, you know, no, trying to understand too much on, you know, other than just understanding my part, you know, my position and, and just whatever is going on with me, that's what I need to fix. And the rest of it, I have no control over it. Don't, no budge on it you know and it is not your problem you know somebody else's job is to fix that and so let them do that
2: yeah and I guess you you had like I mean I guess as you progress through your career I mean you had those strong couple of years and then you had that you know big theme of this podcast that we're really you know trying to steer some of our athletes towards given the fact that everyone's in a tough situation right now. We can't really be working much on our physical games as we'd like to, but we can really be working on our mental game right now. I mean, you had that first tough year with fall, fall ball, and then, and then you uh, were immediately involved in the trade. Did those two incidents kind of stack next to each other have any effect uh, on your career and, you know, maybe what you thought of yourself or how you approached the game?
1: I mean, I, I again, you know, this it's, it's so early in my career that I, I have not, I haven't realized everything that's going on yet. Um and that's that's my third, fourth year in. Um I'm 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 still, you know, fighting some stuff that I'm just, you know, why am I, you know, walking a lot of guys and, and all kind of I'm not even really in the moment, to be honest. Um obviously, you know, getting traded. Um, it was the first for me. Uh, it never really happened. It doesn't happen, you know, locally here or, you know, so I, I just, I got a call from the GM. He's like, hey, sorry, um, you know, we really liked you, Philippe, but, you know, we had a chance to get Cliff Lee. Um, you know, and you know, Phillies were really high on you. So we, we had to make that decision and we did and, uh, we wish you the best. And I was just, yeah, man, cool. Thanks. Um, yeah, sure. Whatever that means, buddy. (laughs) Like, uh, all right, I'm going to Philadelphia. Like, where's that at? Like, (laughs) um, so, and then you get to a new place again and you start all over.
0: And and the big thing too um, with that, obviously, uh, one of our one of our listeners actually just said it's it's a perfect description of what you just talked about is working with the blinders on, right? And I mean, when you uh, now I want to transition to uh, independent ball. The last couple of years with uh, the Ottawa Champions, there, um, what was that experience like coming into the Can-Am League? um you've played you've played in the big leagues you've played in affiliated ball for for a while you've got some experience and now coming back to ottawa close to your home province and again playing in front of your fans and was there a sense of comfortability when you joined ottawa
1: yeah yeah really comfortable um two things one thing is not great but um the number one thing was obviously i am back finally i get to enjoy performing in front of friends, family, and 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 fans that, you know, been following me. Obviously there's a bigger, larger group of fans here than the United States. Um number two, I was okay. I played in the big leagues. Now I'm playing in the Can-Am, It's independent ball. I mean, how hard can this be? Um and I, you know, I found out the the hard way because I, I went out there and I I, I You know, I thought I was gonna just slide it in and just throw perfect games after perfect games, and um, it didn't happen that way. You know, I got walked around, and I I, I was kind of taking it easy a little too much. Um, You know, I I had an okay year, is all right, but the the second time around, you know, I now I was like, okay, well this is independent ball, but it's, I mean, it's still no joke. There's guys that can still play. There's guys that can still get the bat around. They can still, you know, hit it by chance, you know, it happens. (laughs) So um, I was, I was, I had an extra, you know, I was extra locked in um, more than my previous time to, you know, go out and perform. And, and, you know, I sort of showed that, you know, I was, Locked in for eight innings if I was out there for eight innings, not, you know, first couple innings trying to just mess around, you know, this and that, blah, blah. And then, ooh, now it's two, three, nothing. Now I have to kick it back in. So, Um, but, you know, Can-Am League is, is was you know, it was a good league. There was some good players and um, it was good baseball. It's just, you know, obviously there you had big gaps in between, you know, your best and your worst player.
2: Yeah, and you made a, a comment uh, that, you know, when you got back and started playing in the league, you enjoyed playing in front of family and friends. Um, was there, you know, was there any point in time of the, that couple of year period where you, you went through a few different organizations? Did you fall out of love with baseball a little bit? I mean, was did the grind get to you? Is there anything that was, you know, particularly challenging? You know, having to try and to climb that mountain over and over, new teams starting all over like you
1: alluded to earlier? Yeah, yeah, the the grind got to me. Um it got to me because I, I I don't know, I mean there's a lot of stuff going on, right? Like I mean we have a long season, we have a stressful season because you 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 know, you need to perform you lose your job and um you know, and then you got the personal side that, you know, if it's not going super well with your family, you know, there's things going on and you know, I had a brother that, you know, was was not really you know, he, he wasn't an angel. And, you know, it's just there's a lot of stuff that was just on my mind. And I wasn't able to be free. And I understand that, you know, everybody's got their own problems. And, and I, I get that. And I'm not making an excuse out of it because um, I can own up to, you know, what I did. and But, uh you know, it, it's it's a grind and you go to the field and. I used to go to the field and I wasn't happy know. I wasn't really talking to nobody, uh, even, you know, halfway through the year. And I was just kind of sitting there miserable and, and it was, you know, it wasn't fun anymore. I I didn't have fun. So I, I owed myself, you know, um, to, to, to not do this. You know, I, I, you hear too many stories. The guys just become, you know, they, 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 they lose track of their lives because, you know, they, they they think baseball was the only thing. And I was scared of that. I was scared that baseball was going to be the only thing. What's going to happen after baseball? Like, am I going to be good at something else that I'm going to be able to um, go out and do? Am I going to be able to go out and work a job eight to four like or eight to five or whatever? Like, am I going to be able to have a boss that's just going to – am I going to be able to work 12 – you know, months out of the year and, you know, not have four or five months off and, you know, grind six months, but you have about five off. Right. So it's like, there's a lot of things that was going on. And I, you know, I, I just, I don't know. Everything was just in the same, same bag. And I was just, I just fell down the hole and I wasn't performing well. Obviously if you're not performing well, you know, I've, an organization is just going to probably dump you. So I was like, they're not going to dump me. I'm going to leave before that. <laughs> so,
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a really good point. I mean, just t- talking about the grind of baseball. And this is, I mean, ultimately one of the reasons I, I really wanted to talk to you was the process you've gone through the last couple of years, um, you know, where you, you know, for lack of a better term, like, you really got your game back together and you started turning some heads. I mean, what – you made the decision to retire then, and then you, you know, you came out of retirement and you've had a few really good years. I mean, was there something that, you know, made that trigger for you that said, okay, I want to give this, you know, another go, Like I, I want to try, or did it happen because you were playing a little bit more free? I'm just, I guess, was it a conscious effort to try to make one last shot, you know, in your mind or was it just because you were playing free, you were finally performing? I
1: I mean, I, I met the right person. Um, the, you know, my fiance right now. Um, and she was able to open up perspective on, you know, other things that I was kind of blocked on. I I couldn't see, I I was, I was kind of blind out of, you know, of it. And from there, it gave me hope. It gave me a sense of, of confidence that, okay, you know, she will support me. She will be there until my arm falls off. And even when my arm fall, fell off, like it's going to fall off, she's still going to be there for who I am. And she's, you know, and it's, in, and there's going to be something after, you know, do not stress, enjoy this right now. And then something will come up, you know, you, you've done great things. And that those are all the things that, you know, she kept telling me those, you know, you've done great things, you know, you're a good person, you're going to be able to find your way around after that. Do not panic, you know, enjoy this. We're going to be there with you. And it just gave me that extra confidence. It gave me like, all right, man, like I can drop everything off and now I can go to work. I can go and, and just, and just say F it on the mound and just, here it is. Grab it. I mean, if you hit it 500 feet and then it is what it is. Like, I mean, um, the biggest turning point is, you know, when my daughter was born. Um, and I know it sounds like cliche kind of thing, but, uh, th- it's just, that's just how it was for me. Um, the day she was born, it was the biggest backpack that I took off my back. Um, finally, for the first time in my entire life, Life is not about me anymore. It is about her, um, and that was just the best feeling ever. It was like everything that I will do from di- from this day on will be for her. It will be to set her up. It will be to allow her to have things that I might not have, or just have you know a happy life where she can do whatever she wants. and And that was just that was just the biggest that was the biggest relief. I, 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 I don't know how to say more than that. It was just, it was an unbelievable feeling. Um, and now I can just go out there if it goes bad, it is bad. Um, I leave my uniform at the field. I put on daddy uniform. I go at the house and I enjoy the, my daughter and my wife. And, um, and that's, that's just how life is now. And I think it's, uh, it's much easier it's much more sane you know it's easier on the mind and not can work the mind game on the field and let that build there and i'm able to leave it there and like again put on daddy you know superhero uniform go back to the house and enjoy that
2: well and that's a, a really good point i mean you talked about you know switching your your uniforms there i mean i guess for you now, do you think that that puts you in a better position to be mentally prepared for the grind this time around? Because, you know, now when you go home, you're not just by yourself in your own head, thinking about that bad inning or that, you know, 500 foot home run, right. You can shut it off and you can really prioritize, you know, your personal life and your professional life.
1: Yeah. I mean, you have to shut it off. Um, Your kid does not deserve you to come home with, you know, with, with a bad attitude, she, she, she won't understand. She just won't understand. I'm going to confuse her, um, of why I'm mad. So that's my thinking process. Uh, if, if she doesn't, then, then what's the point, you know, we why do I, if I want to come home and ventilate on somebody, I'm going to do it on my fiance, but she understands why I'm going to do it. You know, if, if I come home and, and my daughter's there and I'm just kind of, you know, pushing her to the side and she will just look at me and she'll probably start crying. She'll be like, why are you not playing with me? So, um, so those are the things that I think about. Those are the things that, I, and even, even before it happens and before, you know, she was probably born, I was thinking of that cause I was like, this is not what I want to do. This is, I think about consequences before I could, I do something. So I thought of it before. So I, I made sh- I make sure I don't do that. Um, I owe that to her to, give her my 100% as a father um, to entertain her, to make her happy and make her smile and having a good time and and to grow properly. So um, just being able to switch uniforms like that, I think it's a very good quality that I've acquired. Uh, When she was born and uh, I think it fits really well with the personal personality that I have that, you know, it gives me allows me to, you know, separate things. And I think that's what I need, you know, I need to be able to separate things, leave the baseball side at the at the field and leave the family side at the house. And, you know, they don't cross each other. They don't go in each other's business. And that way, you know, I'm able to, you know, to to take care of whatever uniform I'm in at the time, um, I take care of that business.
0: And and, uh, I'll stick with uniforms and uh, just transition into your playing career now. And uh, again, when it was announced that, when the Jays reached out, what was that feeling like to know that, uh, once again, you get an opportunity with what would be Canada's team in Major League Baseball?
1: Um, you know, it was uh, it was a good feeling. I, I mean, I I'm not gonna lie. Um, I didn't expect anything uh, like otherwise. I, I knew I was gonna get another shot just because the way I played um, and that's rewarding. That's, that's, that's something that's um, uh, it was like, finally, you know, I'm getting rewarded. I felt for too long. I was handed um, opportunities. I was handed um, not opportunities, but I was handed, you know, a lot of the stuff I, not a whole lot I figured out on my own on the, in the baseball world, everything was just kind of handed to me um, okay. Uh, thank you for that. But I don't know what to do with this. Um, because I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't earn this. You just gave it to me. Um, so I, in my mind, I was like, I'm, I'm not ready because now you're giving me this. I don't know what to do with this. I don't know what to do with the situation. Why, why are you bringing me, you know, why are you putting me in this situation? I don't know what to do with it. So, um, Earning, you know, earning the, the 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 call was expected, but it it was still earned. So it's is it very, is it was a different feeling. I was happy. I was proud of myself because I was like, you know, you you've grinded out. You retired. You got out of the baseball world completely. You maybe you made some enemies because you did that um maybe people lost faith in you because you did that but i got myself out of the hole i climbed the back up i put up some good numbers and i showed that you know i still love the game i can still compete and i can still compete at a higher level so um when they called, I was prepared. Um, I was prepared. Now it was just a matter of, can we get on the same page? I wanted to go to Asia. I thought Asia was a great market for me. It was a great opportunity. It's, it's still a very good league. I think I could have, you know, played there and, and do some great things. I know some guys have been there that weren't kind of in the same shoes as me. They did really well over there. So I was like, let's try it. Fiance was all up for it. She, she's been dreaming to go to Japan for years. She, it's, a, it's a dream place for her to go and to travel. I was like, we can play in Japan. I can earn money playing baseball in Japan. You can stay there. We can live there. We can enjoy a different culture. Um, that didn't happen right now. I'm happy. Um, coronavirus is, is all over the place. I'm happy a little bit. I'm home, but um, <laughs> it, you know, it's uh it's, it's it's rewarding when you, you, you know, you you finally, you know, you put up the effort, your conscience about it and you get the call. Um, and uh, like I said, we just we just had to be a little bit specific on a few things, you know, for the contract side of it that if the Blue Jays would agree to it, that they would support that if the Asian team would come in and have interest in me, they would you know be open um, for discussions. And they did. So I said, uh, send me the papers. I'll sign them.
2: And so, I mean, you just, you just touched on the coronavirus a little bit. I mean, we'll talk about your performance in, in spring training in a second. But I don't want to end on the coronavirus note, so I just kind of want to put that in there right now. I mean, <laughs> we talked to Jamie Campbell yesterday. I mean, what was that experience like when you were down in Florida, when they just pulled the plug and told everyone to get home?
1: I, I mean, it, everybody was just confused. Um, it was such an early stage of the virus that there was so many mix of, of opinions on this virus. And a lot of people were uh Oh, it's, it's, you know, it's not the, it's not even the flu. Like, it's just, you know, it's just a little virus, you know, and it it's like people are just dying every day and nobody cares. And it was just like, what is going on? But um, they they pull us in the morning they we had a meeting they're like spring training has been officially shut down uh, we don't have any answers stay put we'll try to get you some answers so we I stayed there for about four or five days after that um, actually yeah I left on Wednesday so that was a Sunday Wednesday yeah I left Wednesday and <clears throat> You know, we just go back to the field. We do workouts, kind of thing, and and every day we'd get a little bit more information. But it was just like, um, hey, like you know, we don't really know what's going on. We don't know where this is going. And by the Wednesday, they were sort of trying to, you know, trying to get guys to go back to their, you know, their families, and they were very open of, hey, like, this is this is, this is, is a real situation. This is something serious. If you do not feel comfortable here, and you want to be with your family, it immediately for me, it was like, yes, I am out of here. Uh, I have a nine-month-old baby. I don't know if this virus is going to affect her or not. At the time, we didn't know. Now, we do know that I, they don't really affect little babies. Um, that's my, that's my latest information. Maybe you guys have some more, but, um, so at the time I I was worried, I was like, man, I was like, what if, what if Sunday was the last time I saw my daughter? Like I would, I would probably lose my mind. So I I was like, I need to go home. Um, I need to go home and I, I need to be with them. If everything, gets on a lockdown and I'm stuck in the United States there in Canada, I'm not going to sleep. Um, I'm just not going to be, I'm going to have to probably, uh, work my way up, um, sort of, you know, um, walking dead style. Um, just kind of, you know, pick up a car (laughs) here and there trying to make my way up and, you know, probably swim across the river (laughs) um (laughs) if the border doesn't want to let me in like i mean all sorts of scenarios were going through my head and i was like hey like i i I need i need to get on the flight and uh that wednesday it was getting close you know they're like ah airports are shutting down i was like oh man i i need to get going and i found a flight from tampa to ottawa um for a hundred dollars and i was like sign me up i am out of here um and, uh, that, that was a whole other experience as well, you know, flying out, um, you know, people are extremely careful and people are in mass and one person, you know, is coughing on the plane and everybody's heads just goes up and it's like, what is going on here? And, um, it was special. Yeah. And,
0: and I mean, um, just kind of, we'll, we'll get back on the lighter side of things. I really like the walking dead reference by the way. Um, <laughs> Uh, but, um, so again, um, so we talked to Jamie Campbell yesterday and actually Jamie had some high praise for you. We brought up your name and Jamie, uh, had some high praise about your performance at spring training. So my question for you is what did you do to prepare knowing that you were coming into uh big league spring training again? Uh,
1: just do what I do. Uh, I, now I understand my body. I understand what it needs to Go out. I understand that we have some times when we get there to, um, you know, develop our body and get in game shape, and uh, so it's just, you know, make sure that I'm ready to go when I get there, and take that extra time to refine some stuff, and um, and that's that's what spring training is for. Uh, obviously, in my position, I have to come in, you know, a little bit more guns blazing, and you know, I got to be a little bit more extra sharp than. You know, a guy like Ken Giles or, you know, Matt Shoemaker or these guys, you know, they're going to be on the team. You know, they can take that whole spring training to refine stuff. I have to come in ready, refine a little bit, and then I got to get on my horse. So, Um, but, you know, your normal, you know, conditioning and and arm care conditioning and and throwing and make sure that, you know, your your stamina and your endurance is, is, is built up. Somewhat to a desired area, um, it might not be built all the way 100%. They will build you. They will give you some times to you know get acclimate to weather outside and new environment. But uh, um, you know, just uh, know yourself. I think is the best way to go um, as far as you know preparing. There's not one way. There's not one good way. There's not one bad way. There's just you know your way that works for you.
2: Yeah, and so now you're back. OK, so I just kind of touch, you know, you're, you're getting prepared. You're down there. Um, I mean, you've all the lessons that you've learned over your career so far. You talked about the birth of your daughter. You, you step back on the mound again in the game situation for the first time. You know, how do you think you, you know, how do you feel you were performing down there? And and now what's your mentality when you're stepping on the hill down there? Do you you, you know you feel like you belong? Does everything feel right to you? Uh, based on you know what you, your your last couple of innings there in uh in florida it has
1: it has never felt more right um to be honest in a professional uniform the only place that i felt like that it was to, with team canada um i was I, I was i was really uh i was i was excited and it gave me the 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 the, the fire it gave me the excitement to you know to to, to work and to get better and uh, first outing went really well, you know, it was kind of, you know, easy nine pitch, you know, inning second, uh, second outing is a two and in stink. Um, first inning is kind of, you know, okay, I'm giving up hits and get up, uh, runs. Um, I'm working on some stuff and it's just not going my way. And then, um, at some point, you know, they tell you, you know, you know, work on some stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna take this. And I'm gonna try to work on the cutter. And I'm gonna try to work on the split. It's not working. I've given up runs now. Now let's go back to what works. And you know, rest is history. I got five strikeouts in two innings. Um, so I felt pretty good about it. I, I I made the adjustment, and I think that's what they need to see. You know, they don't really care about runs early, in, you know, early like that. They just they want to you. They want to see you bounce back. They want to see you make adjustments. That's what I did. And I think that's a plus on, you know, on, on, you know, beside my name and um, the rest, you know, they're going to take their decisions Um, better, you know, but either good or bad. And, um, you know, on my side, I have to live with that and I have to understand, you know, what what can I bring to these guys and what are they looking for um, out of me? And once you have that, you can just, uh, you can work your way and, um, you know, you, you, go to work. If I start in AAA, if I start in AA, um, you know, you go to work, you're trying to climb it back up and, um, stay within yourself, stay true to yourself, um, you know, know yourself and, and, you know, go to war.
2: Yeah. And I guess, and that's a really good point you talked about where, where you start, um, I mean, you, you don't have to reveal too much if you don't want to. But, I mean, what what does this do to people's contracts, this situation that everyone's in right now, and particularly someone like yourself, the type of deal that you signed? Everything's still, you know, okay? You're, you're, you're still got a, we'll say, a spot for whenever baseball resumes?
1: Well, uh, yeah. So, our contracts are suspended. Um, okay. They're not sort of, like, being revoked or they're not canceled or anything. They're suspended. Um, so... Uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I wish I could tell you guys more about it. Um, we, we got an email saying, you know, our, 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 our contracts are suspended and baseball will not resume until, you know, they will review the situation on May 31st, which is two months from now. Um, mm-hmm. So we will, uh, we'll see. I'll, we'll keep thrown and I'll keep doing my stuff and, Um, I know it's, you know, it's down the road, but, uh, I think this, this health situation is more important than just, uh, that just entertainment and all that kind of stuff. I think people needs to be, need to be healthy first before we can get back to our usual stuff.
0: Um, so one last question
1: from me, uh, would be
0: if you had, uh, just speaking to our, we've got a lot of younger athletes that we work with that are listening today. I know, um, what's one miss, what's one message that you can give to them, um, as they're progressing, uh, through their baseball careers? Uh,
1: the number one thing uh, is be accountable, be accountable to, uh, what you do, uh, what you do on the field. And, um, if you don't work out and, you know, you don't take care of yourself, um, don't blame. Don't point the fingers at nobody. Um, don't have any excuses. That was one of the big things for me. You know, I, I I had an excuse for everything. And one day, you know, one of my pitching coaches just basically looked at me. He's like, Philippe. He's like, we can't keep you here because you have excuses every time we're trying to work with you. And it really hit me hard. And and you know, I was able to look at myself in the mirror. I was like, all right, no more excuses. Own it just own what you did. You know, you 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 perform poorly. Well, you know, just they'll, they'll tell you, you perform poorly and just say, okay, and and I'm going to get back to work and that's all you can do. And if you're trying to fight it then they'll, uh, they'll, you know, they'll they'll just start pushing you aside. So, you know, be accountable and, and, and it is not a myth. Um, that's the big thing. I try to work with younger guys. They all want to be, they all want to have that beach body. They all want to hit, you know, 500 foot, you know, homers, they all want to throw hundred miles an hour. They all want to have the best mechanics. They all, they want to have the coolest mechanics. Um, they want to have the greatest, you know, pitches, you know, sliders, curveballs, all that kind of stuff. That part of the game is, you know, about 10% of the game, 90% of the game is mental. Um, it is, it, it's a long season, it's a grinding season. You got you travel by buses. You're tired. You are gas. You are just exhausted day in and day out. Um, understand that you will be playing with you know arms and legs and body that's banged up. You know your body doesn't heal overnight. Um, so you got to be able to play through that. You, you know don't injuries are different you know, soreness and, and, and just being locked a little bit is a different ball game. Um, so you can play with that injuries. Now you got, you know, say some, but you know, accountability and the mental side of the game, prepare yourself, prepare yourself, you know, and, and it's hard to understand when you're younger because you got, hormones through the roof you think you're king kong you can just absolutely mow through everybody and you know if you're the kingpin of your team then it's just you know it's game over no 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 no. prepare yourself if you are prepared you know your chances of failing will reduce dramatically um and we know that baseball is a game of failure it is a game of failure you will fail more often than you will succeed so do not do not down your do not doubt yourself because you fail. You know, is failing is just a it's part of experience. It's it's you're you're gaining experience. It's like playing the video games. You die, but you still gain experience in the game. Like it's just, um, it's just just take it. You know, on the positive side. Don't negative will destroy you, man. It's. So that's what I work on. That's, that's my big pride is, is to prepare. Now I get on the mound and I am confident because I am prepared. I am not, I'm not panicking because I don't know what to do. I know what to do because I know what to do. Then it's just in my mind, I'm like, well, you got no chance because you know, you're probably not prepared as much as I am. So I'm going to mow you down. And this just gives you the the confidence, that extra confidence to, to, to go about it. You know, he, he might hit a home run. He might hit a double off you. You might give up runs, but you know, at least, you know, you're, you're prepared. You got a solid base and, um, you can still get back to work even though you have failed because you do not look failure as a failure. You look failure as an experience and you move on from it and you grow from it. So that's my biggest thing. That's what I like to talk about. That's the kind of game that I I wish I would have had. And that's the kind of game that I wish I'm going to be able to donate, to give out and, and, and to make kids understand
2: and well, no listen Cleve I think that's a, uh, an absolutely great uh you know great way to end this conversation um you know I just want to say on behalf of myself and Noah we really appreciate you coming on um you know we, you know and I were similar age to you we grew up watching you play uh you know it, it was it was incredible to watch you play I'm I'm so happy to see that you've you know you've kind of found yourself again and you have this opportunity, you know, so we're, we're going to be rooting for you out here and uh, best of luck whenever the season uh, starts back up and, and congratulations on uh, becoming a father as well.
1: I appreciate it guys. Thank you, man. No problem. Thank you so much. Thanks again, Philippe. All right. See you guys. Have a good one.